What's up, everyone? Ryan Larkin back with another edition of the Daily Fantasy Racing Quick Picks on the Mayo Media Network. This week, the NASCAR Cup Series comes to us from Watkins Glen, New York, for some more road course racing. This will be the last road course race of the regular season. And honestly, I'm, I'm a bit ready to be done with the road course for a little bit. We had a long summer stretch with a few road courses mixed in there, and we've seen some crazy races and hard-to-predict uh, hard ones. So uh, ready to move on, get back to some normal oval racing and, and more easier-to-predict races. Uh, with that said, anytime we go to these road courses, we have to factor in a couple of things. One, pit strategy around the stages is a big one that will shuffle up the field usually every time. Um, and then the other thing is the possibility of some stupidity and carnage uh, through drivers missing braking zones, just pushing too hard, trying to make something happen that they shouldn't. It, it definitely opens up the, the floodgates for chaos when you come to these type of races right now. So not looking forward to that. And then there's also the side of things where it's been hard to predict who might be good on any given week. There, there's been a lot of you know, surprises in terms of the front runners this year. I know Chris Buescher was not someone I had on my radar to run basically top five almost every road course. Uh, Michael McDowell is really able to excel with this new car, whereas guys like Martin Truex, Kyle Busch, and Hamlin are really struggling. Gibbs as a whole are struggling. So there's been a few things that have shaken things up in terms of what we've thought in terms of road course racing and who's been good and who's been bad. Uh, but nevertheless, still a chance for us to win some money on DraftKings, so we're going to take a look at that uh, race here today. As always, before I get into anything, let me go ahead and ask you to like this video, subscribe to the Mayo Media Network, and then leave a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are on the plays that I give out, who you like, who you don't like, things like that. Um, but with that said, let's get into it. So Watkins Glen is a 2.5-mile track, a little bit under 2.5 miles. Uh, basically, there's 11 turns if you include the turns in the uh, bus stop chicane on the backstretch. Very, very high-speed road course, so it's all about speed and pace. It's not as technical as other road courses, but you still see drivers like A.J. Dinger really excel here. Austin Cindric will be good. Guys with road course experience obviously are going to do well, uh, but you can see other drivers tend to have a little bit more of viability or, or a feel for this track. I know in the Xfinity race, which is going on right now, Ty Gibbs is really strong. And, and he's a little bit better here maybe than he is at other road courses. And it's just a feel thing with certain drivers. But uh, definitely a high-speed track. Lots of things can happen as a result. It's one of my favorite tracks just maybe for nostalgia's sake. It's been on been on the calendar for forever for NASCAR. So I definitely like track. I think it puts on really good races a lot of times. Interested to see how this car plays out, if it's hard to pass or if we can have some really good side-by-side -side action. The Xfinity race has been fantastic. Ty Gibbs and, and Byron put on a show. Hopefully we can get that type of – um, racing action, side-by-side -side action from the cup cars as well. With that said, let's go ahead and get into uh, my mindset on the race. I'm looking for mainly, mainly one or two top-end drivers, guys that can lead laps and finish first, second, third, somewhere up there with some fast laps and lap sled. That's pretty much all I'm looking for at that top tier. And then from there, I'm just trying to tackle the place differential plays that are at our disposal. We have a bunch of them in this race, so hopefully we can hit on the right ones and avoid any chalk bombs that, that might come our way. Um, it's pretty much a straightforward race. I think you'll see a lot of guys that will be heavily owned. Everyone's going to be on the same place. So it's going to be up to us to try to find some leverage spots and, and be a little bit smarter with lineup making. Um, so let's go ahead and get into it as, as every week, I'll give you my winner slash dominator play of the week, my tournament play, my favorite value of the week, and then my fate of the week. Starting off uh, for the winner of the week, dominator is going to be Chase Elliott. Not a big stretch here. He was the favorite coming into the week. And he starts first. It's kind of obvious that he should be our early dominator. Last three races here at Watkins Glen, he's got two wins and a second place finish. So great at this track. This is one of those examples where he just 
seems better here than even at the other road courses that he's really, really good at. Uh, he's been a top five car almost every road course this year. Sonoma, they had some pit strategy issues, but managed to still finish eighth after dominating some of the race, finished second at Road America. And then my favorite part of that Road America race is it shows what Chase can do for us, even if he doesn't win. So he led a huge amount of the race early, got a bunch of dominator points, and was still optimal even though he didn't win that race. So um, he definitely has the ability to win this race and be optimal as a result of that, pure domination. Or he can just lead this first stage, hang around top three, and score really well and still be optimal for us. So I think there's a lot of viability in Chase Elliott. I think he has very few competitors that can beat him straight up. So unless they shoot themselves in the foot or something, Chase Elliott is a top, top optimal contender for me. Uh, next up, tournament play of the week. I went completely different. A lot of people would probably say Bell or Harvick or anybody that is going to be kind of obvious. I wanted to have some fun with it, though, um, because I think everyone's going to know who who those guys are. And, and I want to shout out Kimi Raikkonen in this spot. So I'm a big F1 guy. If, if you follow me on Twitter, I love F1. So having a former F1 champion in the race is really cool. Um, he comes in at 7,600. So mid mid-tier price range and he's driving a track house car so he's a teammate to ross chastain and daniel suarez so he's able to get a bunch of information in what is a very fast car we know he will have the ability uh car wise to drive towards the front and inside the top 15 it'll really be about him being being capable of getting the right adjustments getting the speed in the car and feeling comfortable enough especially late in the race when when the you know action picks up if he can battle with with these cup drivers that have been doing this type of racing forever right so um, I think Kimmy has the type of upside that makes me interested in playing him in general from 27th starting position. If he gets a top 15 finish, he can get to that 40 point total in DFS, which is really, really good. I don't think he'll be super heavily owned because I think people will be afraid to play him. So I think you can get some leverage on some other guys in his range, which is really, really good. And I'm just excited to play him. I, I, I want to have some fun with it. There's always a possibility that he gets overwhelmed or makes a mistake or does something silly that just makes him finish 26 and he's not a good play. Um, but I think come race time, the more laps he gets on him, I, I believe he can start moving forward in this race. And as long as they have good strategy and everything, I can definitely see a top 20, top 15 upside. And that would be a good day for DFS. So I like him as a tournament play and to possibly get us um, some leverage on some chalkier plays in his range. Um, like, Kevin Harvick and Christopher Bell uh, for starters. Next up, value play of the week. Cole Custer at 6,300 starts 29th. So Custer is someone I consider a pretty good road course racer. Bunch of good results in the Xfinity Series. Has shown good speed at times this year in the Cup Series. The main reason I like him is because I think Almirola is going to be chalkier. Uh, Almirola is starting 35th versus Custer 29th. So Almirola is going to have that name value over Custer. People are going to trust him a little bit more, especially after the big week last week. And he's starting further back. So I think Amarillo sees a little bit more action in terms of ownership, but Custer can be the guy with better finishing upside because he's a better road course racer. So I like Custer to potentially outscore his teammate Amarillo heads up and then do it at a lesser ownership in the exact same price range. They're priced right next to each other. So basically the same play. And then you can honestly play both of them together. I, I think that's viable. I think a lot of people do that as well. Um, but I like Custer a little bit over Amarillo for all those reasons I just said. So big fan of Cole Custer. Hopefully he can get us a nice solid uh, finish this race and, and get us uh, close to the optimal with that play. Uh, lastly, my fade of the week, I love the fact that I get to fade Kyle Busch. I'm, I'm not even touching him or thinking about touching him. This will probably backfire as a result, but Kyle Busch starting 10th in a Joe Gibbs car that has basically not shown top 10 speed on road courses all year. That's a guy I want to fade. I want to try to get any advantage on the field I can. Hopefully he gets some ownership. I don't think he will, 
Um, but there's a chance there's a chance that maybe 10, 12 percent bites on Kyle Bush in this race. He will actually be starting from the rear of the field after an engine change, but he still scored from 10th position. So, you know, a guy that scored from 10th, he's going to be at track position disadvantage to start. He doesn't have the speed in the car, most likely to contend with the top guys. I see it being a struggle for him to get back much better than 10th. And without a 40-point upside, at least I don't believe he has one, I don't see him even getting close at optimal at 8,900. So does the guy feel comfortable fading, hopefully gaining a little leverage on the field and, and being able to just mark off our list of guys that we want to play? All right, that'll do it for me, guys. I appreciate you checking out the video as always. Again, please like the video. Leave your comments. Let us know what you think. And then, you know, subscribe to the Mayo Media Network. We'll be here again next week and the week after. They got tons of great content on here, so be sure to check them out as well. Um, as always, my, my info and content is at dailyfanracing.com. You can catch me on Twitter at Larkin8. We'd love to have you join the team. I got an end-of-the-year special going right now, so if you're looking for a home for DFS, NASCAR, and Formula 1 content, we got a great plan for the end of the year for 79 bucks to get all of our content. We got, I think, 35 races left now that the Xfinity race is gone.